everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. My name's Jesse Jones, and on the show today, we have Stephen Beam, baby. That's right, the man himself, the master distiller of Limestone Branch Distillery, is on the show, and we're going to be talking about Yellowstone. We're going to be talking about how he got started, all of the good whiskey he's making, and then what are we going to do after we talk about it? We're going to drink it. You're damn right we are. Now, this is a special episode. This is, yeah, like early 90s, a very special episode of the Bourbon Showdown. That's right, because this episode, I actually went to Kentucky, spent some time with Stephen Beam at the Limestone Branch Distillery. You can head on over to YouTube and watch the video. It was a phenomenal damn time, man. Stephen is a gracious host. He treated us well. We watched Charlie Crockett live, had a private show. It was amazing. Just the red carpet was rolled out, and we can't say thank you enough. So thank you, Stephen, for inviting us into the Limestone Branch Distillery. I would invite anybody in Kentucky, if you're planning on visiting, go check it out. Go check out the Limestone Branch Distillery. It's an amazing thing that Stephen has built, and I cannot wait to share this week's episode with you guys. It is a good old time, and we drink some good freaking whiskey. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And you know what else you're really going to enjoy? Our sponsors. You like that? You like that seamless transition there? Our sponsors for this week's episode at Engrave.com. That's E-N-G-R-V-D.com. Customized experiences and gifts from personalized one-of-a-kind gifts to unique customized corporate promotional items. Engraved has what you need. I met the guys from Engraved when I was needing some new Glencairn glasses with the Bourbon Showdown logo on them and wow if they didn't just create for me some of the best glens I've ever had and guess what just for being a listener of the bourbon showdown they are going to give you 10% off your next order what was that 10% off your next order anything you want 10% off can't say it enough just use the promo code Jesse Jones or bourbon showdown at checkout and get 10% off your order it's that easy and you know what else it's free shipping all day every day so you go to engrave.com for all your custom engraving needs you'll be happy that you did so without further ado let's get this week's episode started shall we as always I ask that you go hit like and subscribe on Instagram and Spotify and Apple Podcast and all the places you can find us we're actually now also on iHeartRadio so you can catch us there head on over to YouTube watch the video of me and Steven at the Limestone Branch Distillery it's it's fun, man. Uh, when you're watching it, you can tell I'm having a good time. You can tell I'm excited. I think I even like misspoke the name of the distillery at one point. It's just how much energy was flowing in that room along with copious amounts of delicious whiskey. So head on over there, watch it live. Hell, go buy yourself a bottle of Yellowstone, pour yourself a big pour, and then you can sit there and drink with me and Steven as we walk you through all of the goodness that he's creating right now at the Limestone Brand. Distillery. So, again, for the second time, without further ado, let's get this show started. It's Stephen Beam, it's Yellowstone, it's Limestone Branch Distillery, it's the Bourbon Showdown. Let's start the show. All right, welcome everybody to another Bourbon Showdown. Today we are here 
with Mr. Stephen Beam, the master distiller of Limestone Distillery. If I'm smiling, it's because I'm happy. It is a very cool day, and I'm very happy to get to meet you, get to drink with you, learn a little bit more about you. Uh, maybe let's start with just tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, uh, Steve Beam and the master distiller here at Limestone Branch Distillery, and uh, we opened the distillery in 2011, and I've been the master distiller the whole time. Uh, founder, co-founder with my brother Paul, and of course we're the Beams, Beam family. Uh, my mother was a Dant, it goes back with the Dant family. And then actually, when I was talking to someone the other day, if you go, even you know, grandparents and everything, there's Boons and Nalls and Farrells, all these people were in this distillery. So it's kind of crazy. You, you go back to the beginning. The beginning of bourbon in Kentucky, for sure. That's wild. So, so break that down for me a little more, because like Beam is one of the most identified names in whiskey, and then there's also the Dant connection. So the family tree, it goes back literally out, like, like forever. Right. Well, the Dance came into Kentucky in the 1780s. They came in with someone named uh, Basil Hayden. You might recognize that name. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so they came in, uh, but they didn't start distilling uh, commercially until uh, J.W. Dant in 1836. Uh, and then, but the Beans, of course, started and moved to Kentucky 1790 and sold their first whiskey 1795. When a lot of people, everybody Branch. knows, you know, my cousins down the road, you know, they have a small distillery over there. And uh, I think I, maybe, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, but what, what most people don't realize is that how extensive the bean family is in the bourbon industry. And so uh, Jacob was the first bean who came to Kentucky. He had three grandsons that were all distillers. And that actually set three distinct lines in our family tree. And uh, the youngest, who was actually the most successful in the late uh, 1800s, and his name was John Henry. They called him Jack Bean. And Jack's distillery was early times. A lot of people don't realize that early times goes back to, to a bean. I had but, no idea. Yeah, but that was his distillery. He died relatively young, had one son who died the year after he did. And so that ended the bean line for that truck. For that truck. And then there was uh, the middle grandson was David, and that was Jim Bean's father. Okay. Everybody knows that story. Yep. And then our ancestor was Joseph, who was the oldest. Uh, we've recently uncovered uh, the receipt where he bought his father's still at auction when his father died without a will. So definitely carried from the father to the the grandson or son to the grandson and uh, but he had two sons minor case beam and joel beam and for the most part when people hear of beams in other distilleries right and they've been in every distillery you know from you know four roses mickner's stitzelweller uh yellowstone and then old lewis hunter many many that aren't even here anymore uh but uh, that was our side of the family. So Minor Case had a distillery up until uh, just before Prohibition. He died right after Prohibition ended and never owned another distillery. Joel never owned a distillery either. So they were kind of like the, the nomads who went around and, and uh, taught everybody how to distill. That is awesome. 
And, and how did you get involved? Because you've not been distilling your whole life. You had another career entirely. I did. I had a couple. <laughs> but uh, I, um, I was always interested. I tell people I grew up around the business, not in the business. Well, yeah, how could you not? Like, I can only imagine what Thanksgiving was like at your house. Was, was everybody, was it overabundant? Was people like, you know what? Let's drink wine tonight. Maybe uh, we don't drink whiskey at this family function. Not a lot of wine. <laughs> not a lot of Bur bourbon, beer. You know, of, the, of course. Because you know, I grew up in the you know seventies. You know, beer was a big thing. Yeah. You know, Coors Banquet still is. But, yeah. But uh, you know, but uh, yeah. So I had cousins and aunts and uncles all you know throughout the different uh, distilleries here and you know around Kentucky. That's so. just mind blowing. To an extent, because everybody's had, you know, been drinking whiskey around the table, but never have you had a scenario where you're like drinking one another's whiskey around the table. That is awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I grew up and when I graduated school, bourbon was kind of on the decline, right? you know, and uh, so it wasn't a great career path, didn't seem to be. So, and I'd always been interested in horticulture in my uh, so I went and got a degree in landscape architecture, and that was kind of my uh, first career, you know, from, uh, and, and uh, did that in Atlanta and Miami. It still seems weird that there, it's hard to believe that there was a time when it was on the decline. Like, people that are in the boom right now don't realize that it almost went under. And, and oh, of course, absolutely. if you're getting out of college in that time period, yeah. it would be, uh, probably even the family was like, maybe do something right. else. Yeah, it, it was not a great time. You know, uh, nobody in in the States were, was hardly drinking any bourbon. Right. And uh, I heard one of the old time distillers say, you know, every time they saw you know, a hearse go down the, uh, the street, they were like, there goes another, you know, one of our customers. <laughs> it's sad, but, uh, but you know, the, the Japanese and the, the Australians really, with a spoon, really kept the bourbon industry alive in that, you know, darkest time. So we, you know, a lot to them. So, yeah. And then it came back. We, we, the consumer kind of uh, refound it. And, right. and now we are in this new boom, but the boom's been going for quite a while, like, like, like it's not yesterday. Right. So when did you decide that it was time to go from what you were doing to what you are doing? Well, I've always been interested in it, but it right. wasn't really at the right time. Like I said, bourbon on the decline, it was different, I, although I could have bought a story really cheap at that time. Right, right. But uh, uh, the regulatory system and, and things, uh, even there was no internet, so everything was set up, you know, for big distilleries, you know, yeah, think about that. If, if you have no internet and you're a small business trying to make a national right, brand, right. how do you, you know, just the advertising of budget alone would be phenomenal. And they all tie in together. Like Google just turned like 2007 to now, like Google just turned like however old. I, I, I drink a lot. I'm not great <laughs> math. So... But you know what I mean? Right. And that all coexists yeah, people, right in that timeline. People don't realize that, but it was such a boon to small business, not just, you know, in the bourbon, but breweries and, and at all small businesses being able to reach the consumer, the consumer like directly like that. And there was that also like a convergence of uh, 
big box stores kind of moving away from that and getting back to more of like a small town looking for that intimate dining experience, looking right. for the spirits that actually have soul versus maybe something more mass produced. That's exactly it. You know, the soul and, and, and knowing where things come from and what goes into it and, you know, and the, the, you know, the, the process, the, the, the ingredients, all that. And caring, like genuinely caring about right. it. And, and that is one thing, you know, you have to say about bourbon. It has always been like that. Well, it can't always. not. Yeah. Even it's, even large distilleries, you know, they're you know they're washing the grains, they're you know, babying those fermentations. You know, it's in the glass. If yes. you don't do it the right way, if you don't put process where it should be, people are going to know. Right. You can't fake it. Right. Which I think the truth of bourbon is also the appeal of it. Like you can't lie. You you can lie about everything except what's in the glass. Right. And where we are right now is this wonderful place where we're also owning what goes into every part of it right and it's a cool time yeah it, it was you know when the, with the advent of like the single barrel you know when bourbon was on the skids or, or you know down uh i think most of the distilleries kind of shot themselves in the foot because they're like everybody's looking for this lighter spirit let's right, make let's right. make bourbon lighter let's make it lower proof let's and do and did the exact opposite right it just it ruined the quality and the flavor and then when they finally were like okay let's compete you know, with uh, single malt scotches and let's do single barrels and Picking small batch some, and, yeah. and really... Like some of that experimentation and let's right. push it further instead of pull it back. Right. And that's when, you know, the interest started, you know, coming and of course with different, uh, uh, you know, Mad Men is, is one of the things that people look to that say, you know, reintroduce the cocktail culture. Right, and right. Made it cool again. That. Right. And so... Fun yeah. did what vodka did. We, we won't have <laughs> I just say why when we talk about vodka. <laughs> so let's have some bourbon. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so this is uh, this is our Yellowstone Select. And so this is uh, in 2015 when I uh, worked with Luxco to, to bring them, you know, to partner with us and bring the Yellowstone brand, right. which is uh, an old family brand. Actually, Dance and Beans both collaborated on Yellowstone. But uh, this was the formulation that I came up with, which is a blend of four and seven-year-old bourbon. Oh. And it's it's a great workhorse bourbon. You know, it, it's, you know, it's nice, neat, stands up nicely in a cocktail. So it's just a, a great all-purpose bourbon. And this is available throughout the country. Phenomenal day sipper. If you're looking for something that you can always have on your shelf and always just if you're in the need for something that you can trust. Right. Like it is a consistent pour. And that is what we shoot for with this, to be very consistent. You know, the single barrels, limited edition, they are always a little bit different. This one we want to be the same. But that's the beauty of every expression. You got something for every flavor. Sometimes you're in the mood for something different. Sometimes you're in the mood for consistency. Right. You know, people often ask me, which is my favorite? And I always say, you know, it depends on the situation. Exactly. You know, if it's, you know, a daily thing, you know, uh, cheers. But if it's just, uh, cheers. I'm just going to have a cocktail or, or have something neat, easy, this is what I go to. If I'm looking for something, you know, we're going to sit around, maybe the fire, or sit around and contemplate or, or with friends. Pontificate. You know, then then you, you go to uh, the, the Supreme, what I considering you are sipping whiskeys. Right. Minor case, I love minor case when it's hot outside. Because it's light, yep. fruity whiskey, 
easy to drink, just delicious. So, you know, it just it kind of depends on what I'm doing is what I'm drinking. It's like you you have, uh, you bring two more to the table. We've got one for every day of the week. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, sir. That is tasty. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's just smooth. Easy. Freaking full of flavor. Yeah. It, to me, it's a, what, uh, just a very classic Kentucky straight bourbon, you know, Kind of brings back memories from when I was younger. Uh, I didn't really drink bourbon when I was very young, obviously, but the smell. I always smelled it. You know, my mom cooked with bourbon. It was all the, the aromas were always there. And uh, you know, when when I first started drinking, I used to drink seven and seven. My dad said my grandfather rolled in his grave every time I drank one. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, so that's how I started out. And well, then, for all families, though, and it's, it's fair for him to say that. Right. And, uh, uh, but I always said, you know, I, I wish bourbon tastes like it smelled. Because the mm. smell's fantastic. You know, the nose. The wonderful. nose is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And so that's what I we tried to do with Yellowstone Select and uh, where the nose follows through on, on the palate. And, uh, I did, you know, I will say that my first bourbon that I actually started drinking Neat and that with a little soda and then neat, but was Maker's Mark. Oh yeah, and it was just a, a great, easy drinking bourbon for me. And that that's what I remember. You know, I I think it was going to one of my parents' parties or something. And we had something that I tasted. It, and I was like, I can drink this. Right. And then from there, then I then I ended up liking the little bit more of the bite from the rise. But that is what really got me hooked on bourbon. And that was kind of, you know, back when they were having their the moment and, you know, blowing up a little bit. Right. But you're absolutely right. This goes, the nose ties into the palate perfectly. Like you get that sweetness off the nose. You get that, obviously you get your normal hints of uh, caramel and just that sweet, sweet balance of corn. Yeah. It, it's, it's wonderful. Corn, a little vanilla. Vanilla. So a little, a little citrus in there. The citrus makes it work really well with the, right in the middle. Uh, an old fashioned. This makes a delicious old fashioned. So, and then you go straight to the palate, and the palate you almost get a little nuttiness when it goes. Like you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like right in the middle. It's delicious. Just an easy, great bourbon. Good job. No, thank you. Yeah, so Yellowstone, we, you, we started talking about the brands and, and things with the family. So Yellowstone, J.W. Damp was the, the first Damp who started distilling. But Yellowstone was founded by his younger, uh, his oldest son, uh, Bernard Damp. Okay. And uh, he had a distillery called Cold Spring, and they were making whiskey for uh, a rectifier, Taylor, Taylor and Williams. And he sold all his whiskey to Taylor and Williams. And uh, in 1872, they had a salesman who had been out west, and he came back in uh, to this Kentucky, and he was like, you know, they're opening this new national park, America's first national park. He said, it's great. It's Everybody's very excited. We need to brand a bourbon Yellowstone. And so that was it. 1872, they branded Yellowstone. And it's been continuously sold 
since 1872. This is our 150th anniversary. That's wild. It's, uh, it is an amazing, been an amazing ride for me, an amazing ride for bourbon, you know, for Yellowstone. You know. Well, and then when you come back into the mix, it's like you're reclaiming your birthright a little bit. Well, that, you know, when it was always sad to me that our family had uh, kind of lost brands and lost different things and, and kind of ended up uh, out of the business. And I, I, I always wanted to, you know, tell people, you know, there, there's more to the family than what you than, see, than what you see. Right. A lot more. And, uh, and it's been great. I, I wish my grandfather were alive today to see the advent and, and the opening of all these small craft distilleries and the attention to quality. Attention to quality, for sure. Because before Prohibition, you know, when he had the distillery, and they, he, that's what they did. And then after Prohibition, it became more of a big business, right. you know, uh, let's cut this or do that. You know, we need account, accountants a, got involved. Efficient. You know, right. accountants and chemists got involved. Yep, yep. You know, and uh, and my dad just said, you know, my dad, my grandfather had a hard time after Prohibition. See, my dad said he made whiskey one way, his way, and, you know, if they didn't want to do it that way, then he, he would move on. Done with you. Yeah. And uh, so he would be really, really thrilled to be see what's going on in the industry today and just to see every like not only the growth but like you were saying people are doing things the experimentation's back right like right. You're, you're able to find people they're distilling uh, grains that maybe haven't been distilled for like over a hundred years and just right. doing all of these crazy things right. and that's what's going to get us to the next level that's what's going to keep the boom going absolutely yeah. and you know i i think let me pour it this is a, a single barrel that we have so. You know the beauty of being here with him in person <laughs> versus doing this just over audio is we get to actually uh, dive into some bottles here. This is awesome. Yeah, so this is a single barrel. Uh, this is a, our single barrel label. This has gotten great acclaim. People see this label and they know that, that what, that's a great whiskey Super inside. quality. So, but... Uh, Thanks, sir. You're, you're welcome. Cheers. Cheers. Let's see what the proof was on this one. 109. So we, when a client comes in to choose the barrel, we we offer them 102, 109, or 115 proof, and they're able to choose the barrel where it shines. Right. This one was picked at 109. So every I, I love tasting them one right after the other, or smelling them one right, right after the other, because you get the this is like the next level. Right. Uh, that right there sets the tone, and this right here escalates. Right. And I tell people, you know, this has the notes of this, but they're just amplified. Certain notes are amplified. and uh, But it still does that great job of tying nose to palate. Right. Like there's no uh, left turn. You right. get it on the nose, it follows through in the palate. And the finish on this too. Yeah. Like it, it sits with you for a minute. It's that 109, but it's also the ingredients right. that go in. Oof, very, very good. Yeah, so wow, it, it's just been a great opportunity, and I, it was, we were so fortunate to be able to bring uh, Yellowstone back into the family, you know, with the partnership with Luxco, and uh, and it's just it's been a wild, wild ride. If, if you would have told me in 2011 when we uh, you know started this, you know that 10 years later 
we'd be where we are at, you know, sales-wise, internationally. There'd be a tour bus out there waiting to take me. You know, I can't. Um, I can't believe the tour bus. I mean, I mean that's like a Teddy Roosevelt level <laughs> chariot that you have awaiting you. It's, it's uh, you know, like, it's pretty cool. That's, I'm not gonna not lie. It's pretty cool. Well, when you break down your day and it is going from town to town on your own bus, introducing people to a phenomenal whiskey, it's like rock and roll, man. Right. It's great. Tell me about the tour a little bit because the bus is amazing. Yeah, so th this is our, uh, uh, you know, to celebrate our 150th anniversary. And uh, it's, uh, that's... Uh, you can hear them in the background warming up right now. Yeah, yeah. That drum kicks! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's our 150th anniversary tour. And we're going to be touring Ohio, Michigan, and uh, uh, Missouri. So kind of keeping it close, but it, it, right. it'll be a great tour. Well, if you ever uh, swing through North Carolina and, and you, you, you need to get into some trouble on that bus, let me know because well, yeah, we, we can do, pack it out. We, we do, uh, we know we're there in North, we're at least, you know, have a presence in North Carolina. So that's great, you know, because control states are a little harder. They're a little harder. But you definitely have a presence in North Carolina. If you see this bottle on a shelf in North Carolina, you got to get it right then because if you go back, they're gone. Right. Well, if you if you think about that, a single barrel. So you have 53 gallons in a barrel. By the time you get the angel share in there after four years, you're getting somewhere 220, maybe 240 bottles. Right. So that's no, not a lot of bottles for an entire state right. from one right. barrel. So you know, doesn't last long. No, no. <laughs> and when people find something they like, and I think control states are interesting because you are kind of subject to what you have available to you. Right. And the cream rises to the top when you only have a certain amount of things. Right. So when one of those comes out, um, there's a sewing circle with bourbon enthusiasts. Like when <laughs> something good comes out and that text oh, message yeah. comes through, right. it's like, uh, this just hit the shelf. Yeah. And everybody just writes back, yeah. And then yeah. everybody, they're gone in five minutes. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and it's, it's a great thing. I'm, I love the interest in bourbon. It, you know, it's been great for us. I always say, you know, we have people ask about, well, is it going to slow down or is the interest? So when you have a whiskey drink, you know, you have people now that are drinking whiskey yeah. and they're going to continue to drink whiskey. We're not going back to Cape Cotters. No, no. It's <laughs> not going to do it. You know? well, and you've done the smart thing. You've created vintages. Right. Like the barrels are now, you, you can buy that barrel this year, but you got to buy the barrel next year too. Right. You got to yeah. compare. Completely different. And, right. and that is the sustainability combined with the uh, experimentation and everything, all the nuances that you have with like secondary barrels and all of, I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to keep this going. Right. Right. And, and, and just the innovation. And, you know, the, you, you give it to the craft distilleries that, you know, everybody is very innovative there. But, but the big distilleries, you know, they're doing great things, too, you know. So uh, well, it's kind of cool. They're listening. Yeah. Watching the big distilleries go through and identify trends and come out with things that you've never seen them even dip a toe in before. Right. It's, it's proof that the work is in the pudding, you know. Right. Right. So it, it is uh, it's a great time. Great time for whiskey. I think it's you know, totally. well, it's gotta be gotta be one of the best times for American bourbon and and rye, just American whiskey in general. Because if you think about it, before prohibition, there were a lot of lot of different distilleries, great stuff out there. But 
a lot of iffy stuff out there as well. And you never you, you never knew what you were going right. to get. But now you, you know you, there's just a lot of great whiskey out there, and you know people stand in line to wait for some, but you don't really have to. No, because there are great whiskeys on the shelf every day. Completely, everything that you stand in line for, you can find at your local liquor store if you look for it. In a different bottle. In a different, different bottle. Different, yeah. Yes. You, you like a certain flavor profile. Do your homework. Don't do it just to have it on your shelf. Do it because you like drinking it. Right. And drink it with others. Right. And then that's exactly, you know, I, I always say, you know, bourbon's best enjoyed with friends and, you know. A thousand percent. Absolutely. Uh, it was my birthday Saturday. And we, thank you very much. And we enjoyed uh, quite a bit of the single barrel. Okay. Uh, I would say too much, but I don't believe there's such a thing. Right. So let's try the uh, limited edition here. Yes. So this is our 2020 Woo! limited edition. Uh, and each year, you know, uh, the li limited edition is a different profile. And for the last few years, it's been a finished bourbon. And this one is actually finished in Marsala wine cast. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, you know, I was a little concerned when we, we, we were choosing casts. And Marcella was one of the casts that were available. And when I'm choosing the casts, what I'll do is I'll go out and say, like we had Armagnac or Angman Roman and uh, Marsala, just to the liquor store and buy a nice bottle of, you know, Amarone or... Uh, Marsala wine and take a little bit and then add it into what our whiskey is. Right, right. And it either works or it doesn't. And then I'll go, okay, now we can move forward with this. And so I, the Marsala was worked. And so what, what are the criteria for working? Are you looking at flavor? Like, like it, it, the flavors have to, to uh, mesh perfectly. really well and complement each other. And for me, it should take the bourbon notes and just kind of extend them into little fruity notes and yes. things that you don't find every day in bourbons. Because I don't want it to be about the, the finish, I want it to be about the bourbon, just a little bit expanded. Accentuate, not... If you're ever using a secondary barrel to hide something, then you've got the wrong idea. Right. Like it's meant to be an embellishment. Exactly. And I, that's what I try to do. I try to uh, you know, do it with a light hand. And so anyway, I was, I was a little concerned because I think... For the most part, in the United States, Marsala wine doesn't have a great image. It's in in Italy, it does, but here, maybe you know, I would think of uh, a not so great chicken Marsala. Marsala, you know. Well, I, two people are also learning more about wine than they knew five years ago. Right. So the same uh, education is going on in that industry as well. So right. it, it's it's you're teaching them. Right. <laughs> and, but you know, I tasted it and I was like. No, this this is great whiskey, and I will let the whiskey talk taste for talk for itself. The nose on yeah. this is insane. Yeah, it, it's you're getting that dark fruit coming through with everything else we've had in the glass so far. Good lord! Yeah, this is just this is such a great sipper. It's you know it's a tad sweet. But bourbon is kind of a, on a sweet, but it's not overly sweet at mm -hmm. all. It is, uh, you know when you're, some barrels will give it almost a dessert whiskey quality. Right. right. This is a day sipper. This is more of a, you can sit down with it at any time, uh, uh, cigar. This cigar, cigar whiskey, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely sipping whiskeys. And you know, the single barrels, the limited editions, 
I think those are uh, our, our sipping whiskeys every day. We're at the distillery. Somebody just came in to do distillery things. That's what we're doing today. <laughs> it's a working distillery, you know? But that's awesome. <laughs> that, the energy. The energy yeah. goes into all of it. Right. Right. You can hear Charlie Crockett warming up in the background if you wondered who that was. Because you're also a music guy. You're a big music yeah, aficionado. Yeah. Well, I don't know about aficionado, but I, I know what I like. And, but, and I, Charlie's great. Oh, my God. Uh, the, in the Night, the whole album is just yeah. insane. And we were actually, I think you went to go see Elton John like the day before I went to go see Elton yeah, John. Uh, your seats were a little better than mine. Uh, but he told this wonderful story. He was in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, yeah, uh, hello, it's great. Bad Elton John. Bad Elton John. What can I say? But uh, I've I'm, I'm not been, the first time, I, I don't know why I'm doing like a Rolling Stone right now. Say la vie. It's British. It's British, okay? <laughs> One of three dialects. You got Cockney, you've got regular, and you've got in the middle. Cut me some slack. Uh, he gets up in front of everybody and he goes, I've not been here since 1974. No, the first time I was here was 1974. Somebody threw a hash pipe and hit me in the head. And they had to take me off stage and stitch me up. I've still got that hash pipe and I'm happy to be back in North Carolina. It was like, you're the coolest cat in the room, man. It was, it, he gave a fantastic concert. A thousand percent. You, know, he, you could tell he enjoyed what he was doing. Yes. That's what I liked so much. You could just tell he was having so much fun. He doesn't need to do it. No, and, but he was enjoying it. Uh, his, I did not know what a rabid bass he has. Oh, I know. Like the entire uh, uh, amphitheater was like, everybody was dressed up from one era. The guy in the duck costume was a bit much. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to be sitting next to him, you know? <laughs> Uh, but everybody, it was just a phenomenal time. And then I saw like the day after we, or the day before we went that you were there. Yeah, it was great. He, he did a great, he did a great job. Well, everything ages well. And this, this is uh, proof of that. Yeah. I can't get over how good this is. Yeah. It, it's a fantastic whiskey. Uh, should be showing up on shelves around, you know, if not already. I think it hit North Carolina a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, if you see it. Get it. I, there's no other way to say that because this is a limited edition. It's going to be here right now. And then, you know what you're going to have to do if you don't get it right now? You know what you're going to have to do. You're going to be that guy on Facebook haggling with somebody. Don't be that guy. Just buy it now. Absolutely. Sorry, it's that good. No. It's Done a lot of these over Zoom. It's always interesting to get to do them in person. Oh, uh, it's yeah. a whole different experience. Zoom was great, and I, I still like Zoom. But sure, but it's nothing like being in person. Well, for me, being so new to the industry, I've got a lot of like uh, that Chris Farley, like uh, the Chris Farley show. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> like there's a little bit of freak out in there, you know, because it's just a wonderful thing to be a part of and see such craftsmanship go into the bottle. And to see you doing this, you came back, you, you came into this, and you've taken Yellowstone, like, from where it started to where it is now in a very short time in, in the scheme of whiskey. In the, in the scheme of whiskey, yes. And, uh, yeah, we definitely have grown almost exponentially. You really it's have. Been, it's been great. And, uh, uh, like I said, it's just, it's been a whirlwind, but it's, it's been a great journey so far. And, it, you know, it's, it's obviously keep going. And be heading out here in another day or so and touring the country on, on the road literally living the dream 
Yeah. Making whiskey, talking whiskey, gigantic tour bus with yeah. whiskey. And the dogs. And the dogs. Them. I was going to say, the dogs have to come. <laughs> well, yeah, you can see they're so excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beyond appreciate the time. It, it, it's been wonderful talking with you. Uh, I always like to ask, like, what would you say to somebody that they're new to whiskey, they're in the liquor store for the first time, there's so many options on the shelf, what plan of action would you give them when they're going to pick something that they've never had before? You know, I would say ask the, the person at the liquor store. At first, you want to find, if you're, you're wanting whiskey, you need to find a liquor store who has, you know, that are it's kind of specializes in whiskey. Right, and right. Then you can ask them, and they, generally speaking, are very knowledgeable about things. And then they can kind of... Uh, uh, guide guide you. you. Also, you know, there's uh, Facebook groups, different groups that you can get on and, and see. And you know, don't be afraid to experiment, right? And and try different things. I know when I first uh, was getting into it, I went out and bought every 50 milliliter bottle I could find. You know, just, just to, to taste try, them. Yeah. Try Same here. And see, oh, I like liking this. I don't like that. And then once you kind of see what you're liking, then you can say, okay, I I, I like this. Let's find that profile. And like I said, I started out with Maker's Mark, and I still like Maker's, especially sure. the cast strength. Sure. But and, and I visit from time to time. But I, you know, I really like heavier ride with ride whiskeys now. Me as well. Me as well. Like uh, I feel like the spice of a rye just sort of where my palate gravitates to. Right. Yeah. And the, you know, the reason why there's so many different bourbons on that shelf is because everybody has such a different, you know, appreciation, a different palate, different what shines for them and there's nothing wrong with that no at all I, I i think that's one thing new whiskey drinkers that's a pitfall do not let what you're tasting make you feel bad right like like if somebody says they taste this and you taste that that's what you taste right that there's no wrong answer right and and, and you probably won't taste what no. someone else it's is. a fingerprint right. Every, everybody's palate's different everybody's day has been different what you what you ate how, right. your, your stress levels, like everything goes into what you're going to get. Exactly. So it's it's sort of a trial by fire and then lean into what you like and don't let anybody make you feel bad when you like what you like. Absolutely. And you know, getting with the, the, the single barrels, when you get a liquor store where they're picking single barrels and you kind of go, okay, I like this, I like this one, then you kind of know that that's the proof that you can kind right. of use them as your guide as well. You sort know. of zone in on the thing that you like and yeah. use that as your zeitgeist. Right. Uh, but don't be afraid to, don't, don't be afraid to get out and, and try new things. No, absolutely. And I love what you said about picking your local liquor store's pick. Uh, especially with something like Yellowstone. I know the Denver ABC is the one I was referencing with the new pick. And it is, once you find somebody you trust, you can right. use that as your safe space. Right. And, and try new things through their picks and kind of grow from there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, we are going to go uh, watch Charlie Crockett here in a moment. Okay. What what kind of uh, what kind of crazy should we expect later? Like like we're we're all we're going to turn the cameras off. Like what 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 is what does Steve Bean look like when the when the clock? When the I, clock I'm I'm pretty check. I'm pretty chill. Yeah. So, yeah. But but I do have. My Australian friends in town. Oh, there so we go. The, you know, things get a little crazy when they're in town. Australians <laughs> normally bring the crazy. Yes, I can see that. 
Well, that's phenomenal. I look forward to it. Uh, I appreciate the time. It's wonderful meeting you in person. Yeah, absolutely. My and pleasure. Thank you for making such good whiskey. Yeah, thank you for have, coming down and, and checking us out. Oh, man. And having me on the Yes. Intro. The entire distillery is amazing. If you're in this part of Kentucky, you have to come by. You've got to come. I mean, every inch of this place is just, look, back, the backdrop's awesome. Like, right. like, I don't know what else you can say. And we do tours and tastings every day of the week. We'd love to have, you know, you come down and see. And, and the great thing about this is we're small enough that people can really come in and, and if they don't understand how bourbon's made, they can actually get their head around right. the process here. Right. You know, sometimes in the bigger ones, they do a great job and they, they try really hard, but it's, it's hard to kind of see how things fit together. Where here, it's all right there and you see how it works. And it goes back to what you were saying, when you've got like, uh, sometimes it becomes a motion. It's like, all right, 12 people in, 12 people out. With this, you're able to go through and actually see it. You're able to see the pieces. It's more about the experience. Right. And, you know, we have the, the cocktail lounge, miner's lounge, and you can have it sit and have a cocktail, relax. It's beautiful country. It is. It is very come, much come so. And, come and spend some time. And the smell. Just come here for the whiskey smell. It permeates throughout the entire place, and then it follows itself into the glass. So it's definitely something to see, and you've built a beautiful distillery, a beautiful brand. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Great. Cheers. Cheers. There you have it, everybody. That is this week's episode. I want to thank Stephen Beam for coming on to the program, for inviting us down to Kentucky, letting us record at the Limestone Branch Distillery. It was a phenomenal time. It was a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it as, half as much as I did putting it together because it really was a, a special weekend for us here at the show, and we really do appreciate his time. The whiskey's delicious. Go out and buy some. If you see the Yellowstone bus, it's still going around America. You see it stopped at your local liquor store. Pop in. Say hello to the man, shake his hand, get him to sign a bottle for you, then take that bottle home, open it up and drink it because there's some delicious liquid on the inside. So thank you again, Stephen, for coming on. And now, guys, if you would, go over to uh, Instagram, go to YouTube, go to all the places. We're now on iHeartMedia. You can leave comments for us there. We appreciate that. And next week, we're going to be back with more show. Next week is a two-for-one week at the Bourbon Showdown. In honor of Veterans Day, we're going to have two veteran-owned distilleries on the program. It's going to be badass. So be back for that. My name's Jesse Jones. I want to thank Will Jones for putting together the music that you hear every week on the show. And that's it, guys. Hope everybody enjoyed Stephen Beam. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. We'll be back next week with more show. My name's Jesse Jones. Let's raise a glass and kick some ass. I'll see you guys on down the road. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah.